Boys are gonna do it again. Unbelievable. What is happening in Oakland, Ray Fossey? I have no idea, Glenn Kuyper. Hello, yes, welcome to the Oakland Days UK podcast. It is season three, episode one. We are back for 2022. And hopefully it's going to be a year full of A's baseball. But like everything else right now in the world, things are a little bit up in the air. What is not up in the air is my colleague today, Dom. Dom, you are in again, uh, joining us from a hotel room, showing your commitment to the cause, ready to go for another A season. Absolutely, Matt. Very excited. I can't, I'm very, very pleased to see that we've got a new intro music as well. As always, production levels off the charts. There we go. I thought I I wanted to uh, make sure we got a bit of Ray Fossey in. Um, We'll be very estranged this year not hearing him on the commentary. But uh, yes, a little tribute there to Ray saying he's got no idea what's going on, which was part of his charm on occasion, shall we say. Yes, there's the other classic clip. Like I tried to work in when um, Glenn Kuyper brought in a bunch of eclairs and they shared them all out and didn't share one with Fossey and he genuinely got a bit annoyed with Dallas Braden <laughs> licking his fingers, <laughs> much, to, much to Dallas's amusement. So I may do a second one that brings that in as well. So. <laughs> Just slip it in partway through the, uh, the season. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, a new year. And we do know that last year wasn't quite the year the A's wanted. And you could say the same for the world generally with COVID and all of that. But there is some hope in terms of the COVID situation, potentially sort of. But that may be where the good hope lies because MLB is still very much in a mess, unfortunately. Uh, So we will jump into the um, annoying news on MLB straight away. Just to say that as we sit here today on whatever it is, the 19th of January, they are still basically nowhere in terms of the disagreement between the owners and the players. The players were locked out right at the start of December at the end of the collective bargaining agreement. They have to agree a new one. And so far, they have got absolutely nowhere with it. Um, I wrote on the OaklandAUK.com blog the other day that it was a bit like um, it was about as hopeless as uh, Metropolitan Police investigation into Downing Street COVID restriction breaches. Um, Yeah, basically, the the owners put forward a proposal that essentially did nothing of any use to the players, so they just walked away, and that was that. So it is starting to get, I don't know, we're starting to get a bit to the crunch time, aren't we? Because spring training begins in about six weeks' time, which still gives us plenty of time, but it's always the way with deadlines, Dom, isn't it? That um, They're what kind of forces the issue. Everyone at the moment can just muddle along a bit. It's not costing anyone any money right now because the players don't get paid outside this season. Um, but as the spring training comes along, it's worth a lot of money to the MLB team spring training. It's going to focus the minds a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, it adds pressure, doesn't it? Both both sides will, you know, there'll be brinkmanship on both sides. Yeah. I'd be stunned if we don't lose a little bit of spring training as a result, given mm. that what pitchers and catchers must report in approximately four weeks. Yeah, three, four weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, 
as you say, it, it seems deadlocked. I, I, I've actually the most I've read on this is from Susan, because um, obviously this this is impartial reporting. It's not A's related. It's it's universal to MLB. Um, I did see that they're talking about universal DH. Yeah, um, and that's being pushed hard. So I mean, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel a bit torn on it. I I, I think mm. it's the better system having sort of grown up on it with the A's being yep. on that side of the fence. But also, it will deny us moments such as Bartolo Colon's home runs. So true. <laughs> yeah, it like... is It is fun when a picture comes up, especially. And I love it. I mean, obviously some people don't like it, but I enjoy it when, say, the A's play interleague games in National League ballparks and the starting pitchers basically take it as a competition like... I'm going to get hit. And they're all up there on the dugout making fun of each other, you know, like I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. And most of the time, none of them get anywhere close, but it, it becomes a nice little competition for them. So I do think there's some fun to it, um, but it's certainly been something that the players want. It's something that they can use, you know, and it gives some older players a bit more opportunity to play. It gives players a bit more time to rest. So it's the sort of thing that the, I think MLB knows that the players want so it's kind of, well, we'll give you this if you give us something back in return, which is obviously how, like you say, this brinkmanship works. And um, the, the one thing, and I think it's a difficult topic, is that Major League Baseball would like to push for expanded playoffs up to something like a 14-team playoff group. Now, you could argue, such as the A's, who may not be particularly brilliant this year, uh, that gives us a potential to get to the playoffs. But it's a little bit like, I don't know, it would be a bit like turning around in the Premier League and saying, well, it doesn't matter where you finish the league, we're going to take the top 10 and then do a do a playoff round at the end of it. I mean, if you did that, it wouldn't really matter where you finished. And we're sort of getting to the territory there where you'll get to the playoffs even without winning more games than you lose, which doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, it's reminiscent of the Astros losing record yes. when they're in the playoffs in the in the little mini season we had in yeah. 2020. Um, I saw a poll actually. I can't remember who'd run it. It might have been um, Batflips, mm. but um, more people were against expanding the playoffs than for, mm. although it was sort of 60-40. Um, so mm. I, I don't know. I. I, I I, I think I probably prefer what I've known, but yeah. I don't know if that's me being a Luddite or what. <laughs> um, I, I'd want to see the detail as well. Like, is that an expansion in terms of like, is there just going to be more wildcard games? Because I'd mm. not be a massive, I'm, I, I'm not a huge fan of the wildcard games. No. I think baseball shouldn't really be decided on a single game. No. Um, unless it's the seventh or fifth game of a series. Um so it, it depends how it would work as well. Yeah. Um, but instinctively, I'd be anti it. Yeah, it, it definitely it has the feeling of uh, MLB owners wanting to sell that more teams can be competitive by lowering the bar as to what you need to be to be competitive, which kind of is putting a stick in plaster on something. You know, the real issue is that there are too many teams every year that aren't really trying to compete. And so the way they're going to fix that is to make it easier for teams who are bad to make the playoffs, which doesn't seem right to me. And obviously it's already something that people have been talking about. Well, what's the point in playing a 162 game regular season if then nearly half the teams make 
the playoffs anyway is a bit different, say, in the NFL, where they play less games. So, and obviously the owners won't want to decrease the regular season games because they're worth a lot of money to them. So mm. we'll see. I'm not sure where it's all going to end. The one thing we do know is that there will be an agreement at some point. Um, I know various people, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic was writing today that especially given everything that's happened over the past two years, it doesn't matter who is to blame. No one will be happy if there's a long gap of no games because billionaires and millionaires can't come to an agreement, which is probably what the majority of people will see. I know in America, they tend to very much more take the side of owners for some reason, rather than the players. Um, but whichever way you look at it, the, especially after the losses that came through COVID, everyone's going to want there to be a deal, I think, Dom. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think maybe Americans generally might take the owner side. I don't think our fan base tends to. No, no, <laughs> Perhaps it's because not. of our specific owner. <laughs> yes. um, but um, yeah, I think if I was putting money on it, I'd bet that they missed the first two series of the season just because I'm going out there for those. Oh yeah. <laughs> but hey, there's positive news when we come to the Roots news on that regard. So don't yeah. worry. For me. Yeah. Don't feel too bad for me in my trip to America. <laughs> Every cloud. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would like to think, I'd like to think the regular season will be okay. I think that there's a possibility of maybe a few spring training games, which for the players, the players won't care anyway. It's money that the, the areas in Arizona and Florida obviously want and need, but if that's the sacrifice to finally get a deal done, then I think, you know, I think most people would take it, wouldn't they? There's 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 maybe a silver lining as well in that um, the longer this holdout lasts the less time the front office have to dismantle the team yes yeah that is the cloud to the silver lining or the silver lining to the cloud more more precisely yes. because <laughs> yes we were all uh you know just go back two months we saw i won't mention the names but we saw a few um very much treasured members of the a's roster leaving as free agents and we do expect more to go particularly those who have only got one year left on the contract, maybe even a few, like Chappie and Oli, who have two years left. So at the moment, all of those rumours have been put on hold because nobody can uh, move to different teams. And, yeah, the, the shorter the time is between things getting going again and the season starting, the more you'd think, well, maybe at the very least, they may more teams may kind of stick with to a certain extent, what they've got, and then look more at the trade deadline as the season goes on. So I, we'll have to wait and see on that, I guess. I wonder, honestly, whether the front offices of all the various teams are not just arranging trades and there's suddenly an agreement and then whack, yeah, <laughs> a load go through. We'll see, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're certainly not just going to be sat around having a holiday, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, so yes, yeah. so currently, um, yeah, it doesn't look very optimistic at the moment, but a deal will be done at some point. And the main thing is making sure Dom and family are still able to watch <laughs> plenty of baseball. That is the real crux of the matter right now. And uh, but, but to be fair, after so long without being able to go out there, I know you're going out there and seeing family and that, so it'll be a great trip anyway, but you know, it's uh, well, I can't wait to go and see some baseball again, basically. It's on, Matt. It's on. We it's we on. we will see baseball together in America this year. Okay, <laughs> done. <laughs> there we go. It is there and said. 
on the podcast. We might be playing it, but we'll see some. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to be good news for anyone. But yeah. That may be the only solution we've got. But what we do know is that when the players finally are back in the green and gold and in spring training, there will be a new coaching staff and a new manager because there was an early Christmas present for A's fans. Uh, just before Christmas, the A's announced Bob Melvin's replacement. It was on Tuesday, December 22nd. And after Bob Melvin was with the team for so long, we were wondering who is going to be the man to take over. Is it going to be a big change? Are we going to have to get used to something completely different? Well, turns out not, because the man who has come in is, in fact, a familiar name. And he is deserving of a La Monkey's theme tune inspired little song. Oh, here we go. Here he comes in the gold and green. He's taken over from Bowman and managing the team. Hey, hey, it's my cock say. People say that he loves the A's. He played center field here in Oakland. Oh man, it's just a glory one day. Hey, hey, it's Mark Cotsaiton. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and I will say, so I, I wrote that and recorded that on Saturday morning in the afternoon. I went and saw Norwich beat Everton. Right. So. Have I got to do that the, before every the, Norwich the game? The deal is we need, a, we need a tune every week before every Norwich game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least until you lose the next one. So. Well, that's probably, tomorrow probably night. just this weekend. Yeah. No, Friday night we're playing. <laughs> Friday night against Watford. So, uh I'll have oh, to think of something one. quick. Six pointer. Six pointer. Yeah. Oh dear. We've already lost to him once this season. Uh, it's at Watford though, so I don't have to go through the misery again and watching it. I went on them. I was having a debate. This is as per usual, a bit of a tangent here. Um, but yeah, I was having a debate with some colleagues before Christmas about Boxing Day football, which they were all complaining that their teams weren't playing on Boxing Day. And I was like, well, Sometimes I can't be bothered to go to a home game on Boxing Day. And they were saying, no, no, you should love it. You should love it. So Norwich were at home to Arsenal on Boxing Day. I went out in the cold and we lost 5-0. <laughs> so, yes. Could, could, could be worse. You could have driven to Hull. That's true. Just for the game to get called off. <laughs> to Hull and back. I know Rovers fans who did that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, not good, not good. But bad, anyway, bad yes. shenanigans from the football. Back league, to the uh... baseball. Back to the uh, <laughs> hey, hey, it's Mark Kotze baseball. Yes, yes. So it's good news. I think it was the, I think right from the off, as soon as Bob Melvin left, um, Kotze has been on a coaching staff for six years. He very much seemed like he was being groomed as Bob Melvin's successor. It was never guaranteed, but um, Tom, I don't think anyone was surprised that Kotze was the man whose name came out in the end. No, I think it was it was a coronation, right? We we so there, there was a little bit of rumours right after Bowmel went, and then all fingers all, all, all fingers pointed at Mark Kotze. All, all roads led to Rome. Yeah. Um, it, it was just confirmation of news that I think we, we'd known for a while. If I'm honest, other than that he's been in the coaching staff for a long time and originally played for us, I don't know an awful lot about him. I don't know whether he's going to be a great manager, a dreadful manager, or anything in between. 
Mm. Um, in such circumstances, I usually go off of expert opinion. Uh, and most of the people whose opinions I treasure uh, are suggesting that um, he, he should be good at it yeah. and that he's due a shot and that he's, you know, deserving of of, of the uh, the office. So uh, hopefully those people are right, touch wood, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and he gets the best from whatever team he's given. <laughs> well, that is, of course... Uh, yeah, the, the big thing there. And yeah, it will be interesting to see with that. So he spent three and a half years with VAs um, back in sort of 2004, 2006 sort of time. Um, and he's been with the team for the last six years, so has gone through various different coaching roles. And it is always difficult because it's the weird thing in baseball, really, whereby there isn't kind of like the formal coaching qualification sort of thing that you see in football, how, how much that. I don't know how much that really counts in terms of players doing their A licence and B licence and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but he's certainly someone who has a lot of respect. The players have often talked about him and how good he has been with them. Um, so I think there was something to it. I mean, with Bob Belvin having been here for so long, there is a question as to whether is continuity good in having someone from his coaching staff carrying on or would a, would a cleaner break have been better? I don't know. I think it's difficult to say from the outside, really. I, 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 I don't know if we can, I don't know if continuity is a concept for the A's. Mm, no. <laughs> I mean, no. I, great. So there's continuity in the coaching staff, but the players have been completely rotated in the last three years. So mm. where's the, what does the continuity matter? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, in football, continuity is generally a good thing, but then that could be confirmation bias. Yeah. in that it doesn't often come unless there's success. That's so, <laughs> um, I don't know, difficult to yeah, say. It is, yeah. And I think it's been, I know we've spoken about it in the past on podcasts, that it's always felt like one thing Bob Melvin has always been very good at is dealing with that roster chair and the fact that the team is always being shook up, good players leaving and having to kind of manage the clubhouse when they see good players departing, uh, seeing players like Marcus Semien not be re-signed. It has an impact on the morale on the on the dressing room. And that, that was something he always seemed to manage well. He always, even though it changed every year, he was the constant who was able to pull things together. And you would expect that someone like Mark Kotze, who's obviously played in that situation himself for the A's and for other teams and has been there as part of that environment for the last six years i know he was speaking about he's a bit more emotional than bob melvin was bob melvin was always very stubborn and you couldn't really read him on the in a dugout and he says you know i'm i'm not quite so uh, good at controlling my emotions sometimes um but i think he would have learned a lot from that and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because i do sometimes you know people one of the things these idiots would question about bob melvin was well he doesn't fire the team up and all of that i've I've never been particularly convinced that that matters for a baseball team i think if it's football or american football or anything like that maybe that works and i'm I'm not sure it does with baseball i think it's more if, if the team wins when you fire a team up like that they think it's good if the team loses when you do it you're, you're causing a distraction and the other way around. I think it just depends. If you win, whatever you do is seen to be the good, right thing, basically. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I was going to say I can give you examples both ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it depends how it chimes with the players, really. And one, one thing I'll say, though, I think it's often 
uh, winning is good fun as a fan, but ignoring the difference in outcome, mm. it's probably more fun as a fan to have a manager that's got his heart on his sleeve, yeah, that's, that's reacting true. the same way you are. Because there were moments where you'd, be, you'd genuinely just be like, how are you How are you not getting thrown out here, Bob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. it would be fun having someone who flies off the handle with all the New York decisions. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. We should, we should, one of our predictions for the season when we come to do them with Hannah and Jay should be how many games is he tossed from. <laughs> That's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look up the stats on Bob Melvin because it didn't seem like it would be maybe two or three a year sometimes um you know and and again i'm not sure how much it really fires up the team but you want to see like you say especially as a fan you want to see that passion and you want to see someone you know whether it really makes a difference i think you want to see it and that counts for something and certainly Kotsay is someone who has always had a bit of that fire in him he's always been a, you know i remember watching him and whilst he was a generally quite a composed player if you pushed him a bit, you know, you would see it come out of him. He wasn't over the top. He knew, it felt to me when he was a player, he knew when to let it go and when to be calm. And I think that would be a very important quality as a manager. You kind of got to pick and choose your moments, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. You've got to know, you've got to adapt to the situation, right? Yeah. So players down, you can't be down with them. You've got to try and lift them again. Um, But I, 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 I would assume he'll have seen that. You know, he's been around a good, very good manager in Bowmel for a long time. Um, he'll 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 do that. And and we're giving an awful lot of credit for motivation to just the general manager. Uh, sorry, mm. just the manager. Um, you know, there's a whole coaching team. Yeah, yeah, there is, and that coaching team has had a bit of a change around, which is what you would expect. Obviously, Bob Melvin took uh, Ryan Christensen. He obviously. Uh, um, Thingy. No, um, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. I, I was just waving, <laughs> waving, waving, not um, drowning or anything. Uh, yes, uh, he, he offered a salute by, by, by mistake. Um, so he went, he, he's now the bench coach with the Padres with Bob Melvin. So we thought there'd be a bit of a change around. And that has been a case that was announced last week. And it's quite interesting, in fact, actually. Um, Bob um Brad Osmus has come in as a bench coach. And that's an interesting appointment because he's someone who's been a manager. He's still relatively young. He's had five years as a manager. Um, and it's kind of, I don't know, he's not your your archetypal veteran manager like in his later years who's coming to mentor the younger guy. He's much more kind of similar age, of course, but he does have that experience. And Certainly his last gig when he was with the Angels for a year and got canned at the end of that. Um, I think he's someone who probably has got a bit to prove. I know being a bench coach is different to being a manager, um, but there's got to be only upside for him in doing a good job and being a good teammate, being a good coaching mate with Kotze. You know, his ambition probably is to get another manager job at some point, but he needs to restore his reputation a little bit after a couple of uh, difficult times with the Detroit Tigers and Anaheim Angels. So I guess it's the same old thing. It depends on the the chemistry between the two, doesn't it? Yeah. If they got up, if they get on, it's got to be good for the team. Um, as you say, he'll, he'll have something to prove. And I think the other thing is uh, sort of a, a young team in the management is, is probably potentially an exciting thing for the players as well. Yeah, they may, they may have new techniques, be more open to new techniques. 
rather than the sort of old, old, this is the way baseball's always been. Yeah. You can hear it off the bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's the other side when, you know, like you say, the, the, the roster always changes. So it's not as though you've really got a large group of players who, you know, we're always here the same, doing the same things. There's always turnover. They're, they're used to that turnover. So they're used to things being a bit different every year in one way or another. So I think that can work out quite well. And when you look at it, you know, there's no harm in trying these things, I don't think. And say, in the situation we're in right now, or we expect to be in at least this coming season, he's not going to be judged by the front office, depending on, you know, whatever some fans will say. He's not going to be judged by the front office on wins and losses this season and probably not next season either. They know the quality of roster they're going to give him. It's probably going to be guys being traded away and young players coming through. So they will see beyond the standings and look at what he's actually doing and putting the foundations down for hopefully a winning ball club a couple of years down the line. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be, let's be clear. Um, it, the A's job right now, there won't have been a long queue. <laughs> 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 um, so, I mean, it, it, it feels win-win if, if he only meets expectation and we're shit, he won't catch the blame for that. Yeah. If if he creates a miracle and works some magic, he'll get all the credit for it. Oh yeah. So happy yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good spot for him. It's uh, you know he's taken on a a an interesting group of players, or it probably will be an interesting group of players. But at a ball club that he's been at for the last six years as a coach, he, he apparently has very good relationships with the front office, so he knows how everything works here. It kind of couldn't be better for him in some ways in that it's a place he knows and he knows he'll get some time over the first couple of years to learn his craft, which every young manager needs. So, And I think also that just the whole point that he's a former A player and was a popular player with the A's, that always buys you a little bit of time as well. Sometimes the benefit of the doubt, it will go your way because people want him to do well, basically. Yeah. No, exactly that. Yeah. And sometimes, obviously, it can go the other way, such as appointments of managers who fans don't want, for example. But we won't go into that about football clubs or anything like that. So I don't I don't think that that'll be a problem for him. I, I, <laughs> the reception for Kotze has been overwhelmingly positive in my Twitter timeline. So. Yes. yes, which is uh, overwhelmingly positive on Twitter. Can you believe yeah, it? Yeah, well, on his Twitter as well. Yeah, <laughs> Got to cling on to anything we can get, right? We certainly <laughs> do, yeah. Well, so alongside Brad Osmus, there have been a few changes on the coaching stuff. And one of the biggest ones is when it comes to hitting, because the hitting side of things over the past few years has been a topic of much conversation and much angst among um, A's fans. The previous hitting coach, Darren Bush, um, I mean, there were various Twitter accounts called to fire Darren Bush or something like that. I've always found those sort of things really harsh because none of us know what he's actually working with on with the players on. You know, it's like every time someone strikes out, well, that must be because of that stupid Darren Bush. I mean, you know, that's just ridiculous, basically. But um, it's certainly the case that the offense hasn't really been firing. So the fact that we've got two new hitting coaches maybe will make a difference for us. Now, it should be said that Darren Bush is staying with the team and is now the third base coach. 
Uh, and last year's assistant hitting coach, Eric Martins, is now the first base coach. But the two guys who've come in, one is, what's his name, Cron, Chris Cron, who ha- he was going to be the assistant hitting coach. Uh, he's got 20 years of minor league managerial experience, so someone who's very, very well first in coaching players. So that sounds like a good experienced appointment. And the other guy who has come in who is going to be the hitting coach is Tommy Everidge. So he's got a good history with the A's. He was a 10th round draft pick in 2004 by the A's and ended up playing 24 major league games for the A's back in 2009. Uh, he has been on the minor league stuff, I think, for seven, eight years and is very highly thought of within the organization. So it's nice to see him get that second day's promotion. He got promoted as a player. And it's something that we know the A's have always done, historically done. And to be honest, most baseball teams do this. They like to promote from within. You know, he's done a really good job with the younger players. They've very much enjoyed working with him. So give him the promotion in the same way that you call up a player. So that seems to be very good news. And because he used to be an A's player, that of course means he has an A's history. And that, of course, oh. means oh. we get to move on to Queen Elizabeth II's favourite segment in the A's UK podcast, a random A's fact. Random A's fact. That is rather random. Yes, Your Majesty. Now, it's fair to say old Lizzie could definitely do with a baseball season coming up to uh, distract us of from some uh, unfortunate shenanigans going on in courtrooms in New York at some point this year. So I am sure she will be very happy to be back. She won't, she won't like it when they go over to New York for the That's decision. True. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ooh. <laughs> I haven't thought that through. Yeah, we're gonna have to work that in somehow, aren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, have we ever shared the video of the random ace fact? Because the queen in the ace dress is one of my favourite parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely we'll definitely put it on Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah. I found her in a nice green top, so I put an ace logo on it as well. Uh, yes. So anyway, Queen Elizabeth II will be delighted to hear a little random maze fact about average tommy average so he managed to hit two major league baseball home runs during his brief career and both came against pitchers with a bay area connection the first came on august 8th in kansas city against joaquin soria who of course went on to play a couple of seasons for the a's recently and then his second came 10 days later at the coliseum against the new york yankees how good would that be a big home run against the Yankees at the Coliseum. Fantastic. Now, and that came of CeCe Zabafia, who is a product of, I think it's Faleo. I think that's how you pronounce it. Faleo. Yep. Faleo, yes. In the San Francisco Bay Area. So there we go. And that is this week's random A's fact. Good random A's fact. And it's good to see, like I said, someone like Tommy Everidge get the opportunity to come up. He's someone who has such a strong connection with the team, a bit like Mark Kotze. I do think things like that matter, especially when you're probably going to have to take your lumps in the wins and losses column over the next couple of seasons. Yeah, no, I think just just rewinding slightly when you mentioned the uh, the the, the uh, animosity towards Bush um, and whether we can judge it or not, it mm. puts me in mind of Liverpool goalkeeping coach John Achterberg, who everyone thought was responsible for the nightmares Liverpool had in goal. Yeah. Um, and then we signed the best keeper in the world, and actually it turns out it's not John Achterberg because we've just... <laughs> He's yeah. still the best goalkeeper in the world. Fairly um, enough, yeah. So per- perhaps, perhaps there's a there's a talent issue as well as a... <laughs> 
Yeah, and it, you know, you can use the age old, um, what's the old saying about taking a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. You know, he's been working with a lot of these players. People can look at someone like Mark, Matt Chapman, who hasn't quite come on in the way we wanted him to with Labatt. Well, that doesn't mean it's Darren Bush's fault. He could be working with him, but it's ultimately it's the player that's got to do it. So, yeah, I think to a certain extent, he became a bit of a target for people, a bit of a scapegoat. Um, but then in some ways, if that's the kind of negative situation we're in, giving him a different role. The one thing with his role, although he's, and it seemed like some sort of insider joke or something. I don't know. I don't know if they think this way, but so he's, he's the third base coach, but he is also the run prevention coach. Which obviously <laughs> considering our, our struggles in scoring runs has somewhat become a bit of a joke, unfortunately. So yeah, um, doesn't escape completely, but. Uh, yes, it seems like a decent group of coaches. And again, it depends on the players themselves. But yeah, I, I'm confident in the group we've got and confident that Mark Kotze is going to be a good leader for the team. So fingers crossed with that and fingers crossed that we're going to get some uh, some some good time in spring training. Because I guess that's the one thing, you know, someone like Mark Kotze, he would really like as long as possible in spring training just to get a, get a handle on things, get the team together, whatever team we get. So I guess that's the only thing with a new manager. He really wouldn't want spring training to be cut down too much because it's a chance for him to sort of get his feet under the table, I guess. Well, uh, yes and no. So, yes, but the fact that he's been with the team before, it's not quite like a new manager from outside yeah. who would yeah. need time with all the players. Kotze yeah. probably already knows who he's picking and yeah. who's staying up and going down and whatnot. Um, obviously, pending performance in a spring training, but if there isn't one, he's not left completely unknowing. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's got good history with them. He knows their tendencies. He knows which ones to give a kick up the arse and which ones to put a arm round the shoulder and all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, and that's a fair point. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the team is able to get together in spring training in Arizona in the not-too-distant future. Hopefully our friend Carl will be out there giving us some live updates. We'll have to get him on the pod again. Some live some interviews insight. with uh, the president. Dave, oh, God. Yeah, let's not talk <laughs> about that. But yes, we we always enjoy hearing from Carl. So we'll have to get Carl on when during spring training. I'll say it right here. We'll get Carl on during spring training to give us an update from Arizona. Agreed? Done. Locked Done. in. Good stuff. Yeah, we won't be going live on that one, um, just in case. <laughs> But anyway, talking about going live, so we've looked at the major league side of things and we've looked at a point, unfortunately, at the moment, there are no deals going on, or you could say from an A's fan, hopefully, thankfully, there are no deals going on at the moment, but there are minor league deals going on. And in particular, we recently had, over the past weekend, the international signing period, which is a very important group of players that um, every team tries to take advantage of to try and build up some depth in the farm system. And that, of course, means we need to get out the green wax jackets and our Wellington boots and go for a little trudge <laughs> around the A's farm. Oakland A's have got a farm, E-I-E-I-O And on that farm there are some prospects, E-I-E-I-O With a pitcher here and a catcher there Here a hitter, there a hitter, hopefully they're not a shitter Oakland A's have got a farm what you should know it's just occurred to me we've never actually named the prospect cow have we prospect. we need we, we need a name for the prospect so uh for podcast listeners we'll tweet this out as well what should we call the prospect cow 
I've also put my farmer's jacket on. You have. Very good. <laughs> continuity. This is commitment to the cause here. Beautiful stuff. I, I am from Norfolk, therefore I am all, always committed to the farm in many ways. Thank you very much. So, yes, yeah, so the A signed seven international players, two of them from the Dominican Republic and five from Venezuela. So there's a bunch of names there. And as always, these are usually sort of 17 years old. So some of them we will never hear of again. But the odd one or two may come through and do well for us. The two names apparently to keep an eye on in particular. Uh, this is from Melissa Lockhart, who writes about both A's and Giants prospects at The Athletic. Uh, there is a power-hitting catcher called Cesar Gonzalez and a speedy outfielder called Carlos Pacheco. Um, and she did say on, I think this was on Saturday, just got off a Zoom interview with Cesar Gonzalez, who just officially put pen to paper, just turned 17, can already do a full interview in English. Very impressive young man. So good for him. Normally these deals, certainly with the, 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 the bigger names, they can be for several million dollars, um, which obviously is a lot of money for anyone, but particularly for those guys coming off the iron. And so interesting to see how those guys come through. And it's certainly something that the A's need because it's fair to say our farm system at the moment isn't quite what it has been. And we do need not only some of the younger guys who are at the bottom of the chain coming through, but also some of the guys at the top who hopefully can come good. And that, of course, brings us to your 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 um, your song effort yourself, Don, recently to the tune of The King of Rock and Roll. I've forgotten that, Matt. Don't, uh, don't, don't quote drunk things. I was going to say, were you, were you drunk when you right? <laughs> When I came up with a song to the king of rock and roll, was I drunk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic. feels Pretty like a rhetorical man. question, that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it included Dalton Jeffries. That's why I brought it oh, up. Oh, that was it. I still don't remember how it went. I'll have to. Dalton Jeffries, which works quite nicely. The the one in the middle, I think you said something about Seabass, but it would work with AJ Puck, who's another one. So we need we need either the A's to have someone or for the A's to sign someone for the first bit. AJ Puck, Dalton Jeffries. I've remembered it now. Yeah. What was what Chapman? I know that doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) We need someone to fill the first two holes. Again, podcast listeners, if you've got any ideas, do tweet them to us at Oakland AUK. We will be glad for the submissions and I will make the song ahead of spring training if we can come up with something i'll do a whole we head of, quite, of a norwich to it as well aren't there so yeah. <laughs> there we go you've got to put the effort in in this game so that is the situation with ace baseball at the moment as i say there's not much going on at the major league level because of the lockout but there's various movement on the managers and coaching staff and also at the uh at the prospect level too but as you all know regular listeners know It's not just about Oakland baseball here. It is also about Oakland soccer. And that brings us, as always, to Know Your Roots with some Roots news. Roots News. 
some prop changes. <laughs> yeah, for the benefit this. for the benefit of podcast <laughs> listeners, Dom has put a hat on. Hip 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 hooray! <laughs> Dom has put his hat on also, and the roots are right to play. It's been ridiculously stretched by the headphones. I look more like Papa Smurf than a football fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, right, sorry. Get back on track. Roots news. Um, the new schedule has been released. That's fixtures to your eye, yes. uh, including interdivisional play. Oof. I brought you that as a wild rumour in our last podcast. Did. Yeah. Uh, but pleasingly, it's been confirmed. And selfishly, um, I'm going to get to see the first home interdivisional game when I'm out there at Easter. Uh, and I'm going to get to see them play the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which should, oh. will be my Roots debut. Fantastic. Third time of asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a bit of a, um, yeah, uh, I don't know how to put it, but yeah, it seems to be tempting fate every time to try and get out there. But this time, third time's a charm, right? (laughs) Um, Roots News, new head coach, Juan Guerra, um, played for Cosmos, nod to Jay, amongst other US teams, Mm -hmm. um, and was the assistant coach in Phoenix um, Mm -hmm. up until recently. So, Good luck to Juan. Uh, Jordan Ferrell, who was last year's coach, uh, has gone back to head of uh, technical director. Um, so it's not a falling out. It's you know it's all part of the planning. Um, and there's been a, a swathe of signings over uh, winter and since our last proper update, uh, including uh, just recently, yesterday in fact, uh, Derek Famella. I'm probably pronouncing all of these names wrong, by the way, so apologies to them all. Uh, who is a Polish forward, which um, is very exciting. Hopefully he's as good as Lewandowski. Um, Go on the Polish, lad. So that concludes the Roots news for today. Lovely. All eyes awaiting this year's kits. Oh, yes. I did see, I think it was last week, they released one of the first new uh, caps, didn't they? Which was a lovely green with the eight ropes logo, that was very nice. Apparently, they're doing various different colours. So, um, was that not uh, sharks' colours? I don't know. It looked greeny to me. Well, teal, teal. I can't remember now. It looked For nice, though. That's what I saw. I thought, oh, da- damn import taxes, you assholes! <laughs> <laughs> I need them all. <laughs> yes. It was something else, Bruce. Oh, no, it wasn't any news. It was just me saying, um, is the new manager, Chesney Hawks, the one and only. Oh, that's dreadful. <laughs> oh, um, a, a, a tidbit of Roots news. If you fly through Oakland Airport, there are now murals of the Roots all over the walls. Beautiful. Which is exciting. Uh, it also. is, yeah. Lovely. Um, yeah, it, oh, I don't know. If if the, um, the A's ownership had even one hundredth of the Oakland pride that the roots display wouldn't the world be a much better place frankly yes yes if they if they just had positive sentiment <laughs> as opposed to like negative <laughs> yes that's true yes but we're not going to end this on a negative song we're not going to end this on a negative um I know there is a bit of I think there's a, like a a, a meeting actually as we're as we're talking or today or tomorrow with the Oakland Council isn't there about the environmental thing so um yeah as we mentioned last time it basically seems I still haven't read the 600 page report um but I am sure it is wonderful that's all I'll say <laughs> and we do know you know these things take their time but um yeah it seems generally positive 
And as always, none of that Vegas bollocks. Oakland all the way for us. Which brings us to the final part, as always, which is any other baseball. Now, I do have an any other baseball. I shall pick it up, which is no use to um, podcast listeners, but I have got my Christmas present, one of my Christmas presents, which is the Baseball 100, which is behind a very well-known writer, Joe Posnanski, 800 pages, big old brick of a book about his favourite 100 baseball players of all time. And it is a very good book, heartily re- recommended. How many A's? Um, I don't know yet. I haven't got through very far. I'm sure there'll be a few in there. I hope there'll be a few in there. Hang on, hang on. I didn't want to spoil it. Oh, don't, don't then, Matt. Don't, don't. You can, you can give us an update every podcast okay. on the number I'll of let you know how far I get. Fair enough. <laughs> and the percentage of the book you've read. <laughs> I'm doing a quick flick through. Um, I'm sure there is. There must be. Ricky Henderson is in there. Of course, Ricky Henderson is in there. Hey. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Any other baseball from you, Dom? Uh, no, I was just going to update on the council vote, but you, you beat me to that. So uh, nothing more from me. Well, that is the way of things during this weird old lockout off-season. But generally, it seems like there should be positive news around the A's with Mark Kotze. Hey, hey, it's Mark Kotze. I'll, um, I'll probably put that little video up on YouTube on its own just to celebrate. Hey, hey, it's Mark Kotze. And the new coaching staff in place. And at least at the moment, we haven't traded away everyone. So we should at least be happy about that for now. Fingers crossed that there is some great disaster that continues to hold off the A's fire sale or something like that. (laughs) Anyway. Always good to talk to you, Dom. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Yes, so we shall be, bearing in mind there's a lockout, so there's not a lot going on. We'll probably be back in two or three weeks' time with another update. Hopefully, there'll be plenty of news by then. And then, of course, we will be going all season long here, season three at the podcast. We will be going all season long, hopefully every couple of weeks or so during the season, catching up on all of the A's news. If you'd like to get involved, we are always keen to hear from people, whether that's out there in the States or here in the UK. So if you'd like to get involved, do get in contact via the Twitter account at Oakland AUK or on Facebook. And we are also available on Instagram too and on YouTube. So we've got all bases covered, I think, Dom? Yep. I think so. And, oh, one thing I was going to update. Um... I have already started a few ideas for our 2022 A's UK collection on our merchandise store. So I've got a couple of t-shirt ideas coming up and I shall share those in due course. So there we go. If that doesn't make you climb back on your computer to get on the blog to work out what the updates would be on that, I don't know what (laughs) will. (laughs) But there we go. Thank you again, Tom. Always good to talk to you. Thank you, everyone for listening to the podcast and we will be back in a couple of weeks time hopefully with some very positive news about MLB hopefully starting on time and Dom and his family seeing some A's baseball over Easter <laughs> good stuff we need a we need end music oh yes here is the end music <laughs> leave that bit in <laughs> hang on oh, I can't find it. oh here we I'm go expert. here is the end music Oakland